What is going on, everyone? You are now listening to the Cup of Water podcast. This is your host, Alex Sehan. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about not the election. I know that the title says November the 3rd, but we're actually going to talk about something else that's not related to the election at all. We are actually going to be talking about the day that my life was changed, which so happened to be on November 3rd. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and stick with me till the end because it's going to be a long one, but I promise you it's going to be a good one. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and get started with the episode. Today it's going to be story time, story time with Alex. Uh, this isn't going to be a good story. This is actually going to be a I mean, I, I like to think it was a, it's, it was a sad story. So uh, with that being said, we are going to go ahead and get started with it. So when I first started the podcast, I always said that I wanted to be very transparent with all of you. And the motto of the podcast is real, real conversations with real people about real topics, right? Um, that's what it's, it's, it is in all of my social media platforms. So I mean that 100% when, when I say that, that I want to be very real with all of you. So I think that we need to start with, so this is a good place to start. The very first episode that I released of the podcast, which is the number one episode and is actually the most listened episode, which I hate because it is the one that has the worst sound quality. Oh man, I might redo that one day. Probably not, but it is the Get to Know Me episode. And in the Get to Know Me episode, I actually talked about some of the uh, struggles that I had, but I didn't really actually go into too much depth. I actually just kind of touched it a little bit and and kind of moved on. And today I kind of want to talk about that because on November 3rd, my life completely changed. And I was able to rededicate my life to Jesus. So basically, uh, I'm not going to tell you what happened. Number one, details. Details don't matter. Uh, number two, uh, it, it's not what happened on November 3rd. It's what happened after my reaction to that. You see, uh, there's multiple things that you can do in life. You can either, something can happen to you and you can either blame God for it or you can get closer to him and the closer you get to him, the better your relationship will be. So yeah, with that being said, something very tragic happened to me uh, on November 3rd. And because of that reason, because of that reason, uh, I rededicated my life, rededicated my life to Jesus because of my own stupidity, because of my own actions. I don't blame anybody else other than me. Um, I was able to to change my life and, and not in the great way, not in a good way. Uh, my life changed really tremendously. Um, but because of that, I was able to get closer and I was actually able to to have a relationship with Jesus, which is which is something that uh, I've had before. But because of the story that I'm about to tell you, I I let that relationship go and I wasn't longer a child of God. So real life, real conversation, right? I used to struggle a lot with with drinking, drinking alcohol. Not, I'm not talking about water. I'm talking about drinking alcohol. I used to, I used to just go out every Saturday, Sunday, and Friday, Thursday, Tuesday, well, sometimes Wednesday nights. I would go out and I would get drunk. Um, that that was my life, and it all started 
it all started like 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 you would expect it to start you know uh it all kind of started with with a one or two one or two here and there one or two here and there peer pressure your friends uh, maybe i don't really want to get into too much detail because it, it really is uh like every other story that you hear but the very first time that i drank the very first time i ever had an alcoholic beverage an actual alcoholic beverage like an actually like i like i was actually at a party <laughs> uh drinking and and had a beer um was at this one house party on uh, top of the hill is what i like to call it and i had two beers and guys i tell you those two beers were enough for me uh obviously you know i never drank alcohol before and uh the effects of it i, I wasn't sure what was happening so but the only thing that I do remember is that it was actually making me really happy and I was really energetic and I was really like going and I, I was basically the life of the party. And, and people afterwards would even tell me, like, man, like you were so awesome last night. Like, yeah, like, oh, you know, all this other stuff. And so uh, because of that reason, I actually kind of enjoy like I didn't know about it at the time. But later, obviously, I kind of like started to to put one and two together uh you know when i drink people like me more uh people like to be around me more blah 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 blah. you guys get the point so that that is the day that it started but i think that when it really started to be habit was because of something traumatic that happened to me um when i was you know uh, around that time so the reason why people people start drinking uh, i don't know why but there, there's there's a lot of reasons um, but I believe that most of the time is because you're trying to forget something because the, the, the sad reality of things is that when you get drunk, you, you do turn to somebody else. Um, I know a lot of people don't, you know, for past experiences that they've had with drunk people, they don't really, I don't want to say they don't believe that, you know, that you, that you turn into somebody else, but, but, but you do, you, I mean, you do, you, you're either a happier version of yourself, you're either a sad version of yourself. I mean, you know. There's some nights where you go out, you're drinking and like you're, you're just hyper the whole time. And the next thing you know, you're, you're crying for no reason in the bathroom and then you're throwing up later. Sorry. But um, that I mean, that's the reality of alcohol. The, al the reality of alcohol is that it alters who you are. It alters your mood and it alters your 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 decision making, which is which is <laughs> the most dangerous part of it. And we all know that uh, there's there's situations if you if you drink enough you will actually uh, pass out and you will be wandering around somewhere out there in the world clueless of what is happening and you'll just wake up somewhere and and you won't even remember what you did or and that that right there that is very dangerous let me tell you because um uh, that's when people get hurt so you know that was me and, and, and I want to clarify something here. Like, I wasn't an alcoholic, okay? Um, I, I really wasn't. The, the thing was is that I actually enjoyed drinking. Like, that, that was it. Like, for real, I enjoyed drinking. I enjoyed going out. I enjoyed being the laugh of the party. I enjoyed uh, drinking with my friends. Like, I liked to mix drinks. Like, I liked, I liked all of it. And, and, and that, that's what's different is because like, I think that when you're an alcoholic, like that's all you want to do and you have a dependency on it. But I, I didn't have any dependency on it other than, you know, sometimes I felt like I needed it to have fun. And yeah, I, I, I had alcoholic tendencies, 
But I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic because, like, I didn't, like, withdraw from it or anything like that. Like, honestly, there was some times where I would go months and months and months without drinking. And then once again, here I am. Um, but just to kind of, like, give you guys an example so, like, you guys would understand kind of what it was like. Like, there, there was a point in my life. There was a point in my life where I was actually going to my friend's house every day after work. And I would be drinking. Uh, I wasn't getting drunk every night. I just want to clarify that out. But but I was drinking every night. You know, every night I was doing something. And then every weekend I was going out, dropping tons of money on alcohol uh, every single night. I was driving places. I was going multiple places. I was doing all this other stuff. Like that was a, that was a weekly routine. That was a daily routine for me. Um, you know, there were some times where, where, where I went overboard. There were some times where, where, you know, you kept it at a good level, right? On and off, on and off, on and off for, 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 for a while. And my, my actions, my, my attitude toward things, it actually started to change. And so, by the way, I was still in church the whole time. Like every Sunday I was there and, and. I'm being real. There was there was a lot of times where I was I was hungover and I was at church. Um, I had just got done throwing up, and I was at church. Like my stomach was killing me, and I was at church. Um, there were times where I would leave Sunday night service, and as soon as the service would end, I was on my way somewhere to drink, bar, club, a house party. You know, you name it. And so I say all of that to say this, um, you know, my attitude towards drinking changed because, you know, I, I did grow up with, with, with the attitude of, you know, as long as you don't get drunk. No, actually, let me take that back. Let, let, let me, let, let me back, back a little bit. My attitude was always like drinking is a bad thing. Drinking is a sin. Don't do it, period. That was my attitude, and for, and for the longest time, like I, I really did believe it, like no, no joke, and and I would never, I, w- I would never drink. I, I actually there was there was actually this one party that I was taking when I was when I was seventeen. I was around seventeen or eighteen. I had just started to drive, and this story actually plays into hand later in the episode, so that's why I'm referencing it right now. But um, there was this one guy that I had an awesome conversation with, and he was he was drunk, but I, I actually had a really awesome conversation with him because he was very truthful. And he, he basically said, um, he asked us why we don't drink. And he said, you know, we told him, you know, we, we don't believe that, that, that drinking is, is acceptable and God doesn't like it when you drink. And he basically said, yeah, you know what? Keep it that way. Don't start. Obviously, I didn't took that advice because I started drinking uh, years after that. But um, that, that, that conversation actually struck me a lot. And like I said, I'll reference that in a minute. But. That, that's who I was. I, I would not drink. Like, that wasn't me. I enjoyed... <laughs> uh, I enjoy watching people drunk. Because, you know, when when people were drunk, they were very silly. But um, that was me. Like, that to me, that was such a sin to to drink. And, and here I am a couple years after um, going to bars, going to clubs, drinking every weekend, making it a habit. And I'm still going to church. And here is, here's the thing. It's like you, you, you get to the point, or I got to the point where I, I, was, I was like, listen, I'm fine. I'm good. 
you know, I'm still going to church. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing that. But, but the thing is, is that my attitude wasn't there. And you don't realize it until you, you, you stop for a minute and you actually think. And, and you, you are done with that life. And Jesus sets you free from that life. And then that's that right there in that moment when Jesus releases you from that. And when you when you cry to him and, and he finally lets go of, of your chains and he breaks those chains for you. And that's when you get to realize how far, far off you were. Like, it's not in the moment. Trust me, it is not in the moment when when you when you start to feel bad about it. And you're like, man, you know what? Maybe maybe this isn't. You know what I'm supposed to be doing? No, no, no. Because in the moment, in the moment when you're doing it, everything's fine. You got it under control. You're good. You can stop anytime, right? Uh, God will forgive you. Go to church. Blah. You know, uh, it's not after Jesus comes into your life and and He shows you and He opens up your eyes and then that's when you realize that that you were so far gone. You know, you were so filthy in sin that that right there that's the moment like and, and it happened to me one time when i was driving i I'll ne- I, I can tell you straight up when it happened i was driving to walmart i was at the red light and i had no music playing and then that's when it happened to me i i remember i was like man i was so far gone like you know, I I was so like I don't even know why I was calling myself a Christian, and, and you know I was so far gone. Like I was doing some stupid stuff, and and I'll I'll I'll, I'll touch on that later as well. You know, but that was me. That was my story. That 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 really was. I mean, you I was so far gone that like I thought that what I was doing was right. And here's why I thought that, I, that that what I was doing was was okay. I don't want to say right. Um, I think that any time that you get drunk, like you know that you're not doing the right thing. <laughs> but it wasn't acceptable in, in in the eyes of God, and this is the reason why. Um, because you start to make excuses for yourself to try to justify your actions. And in the moment that you start making excuses for yourself and you start to look for excuses to justify your actions, number one, that should be a red flag. That what you're doing might not be the greatest activity that you should be doing that night or that day or that morning, whatever. Uh, when you start to look at the Bible instead of looking at your life through the lens of the Bible, that's different. See, I believe... <laughs> I, that if you look hard enough and you take things out of context, you can literally make the Bible say whatever it is that you want to say. You can literally find a scripture that can justify your wrong behavior. And I know that might be kind of controversial. And I know that that there might be people right now that are like, uh, no, but, but, but for real, let, let's think about it for a minute. Because if you take things way out of context the bible i mean like you can literally make the bible justify whatever action they, that that you want you know and and i think that that's i think the drinking is one of those things that we 
that we have done that with. Like we have taken the Bibles, the uh, drinking scriptures, uh, because there's plenty. You know, we 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 can look at it, and we'll, I'll talk about them in a minute. We've taken those scriptures, and we we have really like messed them up. You, you know, and and that is why. I believe that there's more and more Christians whenever they turn the age of 21 or maybe sometimes even 18 that you have uh, uh, Christians that start to drink, that that they, they start to become this habit. Um, and because of that reason, a lot of them, they, they kind of fall away from the glory of God and, and they follow in their relationship starts to hinder. And, and next thing you know, you know, they're so far gone, just like me. And... The reason why I want to share this this story is because I believe that there's a lot of people like that. I believe that, and it doesn't just have to be alcohol, guys. Like, there's so much more sin out there, but it just so happens that my struggle was was alcohol. And I know that there's people out there that are struggling with pornography. I know there's people out there that are struggling with drugs. I know there's people out there that are struggling with sex, you know, relationships. You know, it kind of all falls into the same thing. You know, it's not until Jesus comes into your life that he can free you. But a lot of the times, you know, we believe that either what we're doing is, is right because because we, we've looked hard enough for an excuse or, or you know, just that one, just that one little sentence that somebody said. That's enough for you to run with it. And and I want to tell this story because I'm here to tell you that 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 you're wrong. You know, and and we're sticking with with, with drinking. Let's stick with that for a minute because I, I that I can talk about that. I mean, I could actually talk about a, a ton of different other topics, but but drinking it isn't good like i don't care how you twist it i don't care how you 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 come at me with it i don't care what scripture you bring me uh and i'll talk about some of the most popular ones in a minute i don't care what what context you're giving me what what historical basis that we're talking about uh i I I'm, i'm here to tell you that drinking is not okay okay it's basically like saying listen to me this is what i'm saying it's basically like saying Sex before marriage is okay as long as you do it with the person that you're going to get married to. And it's still not okay. Just because you're engaged to somebody does not mean that you're going to get married to them. I mean, ask anybody. You know, like, I've seen, I have friends who have had to break up engagements. And, like, I'm like, man, if y'all can't make it, then nobody can, right? Just because you're engaged does not mean you're married. Just because you're engaged does not give you permission to have sex. That is biblical. Let's let's move on from that. But but when we talk about and this is the phrase that I hear Christians say the most, and it's the first one that I want to address. And I feel like I'm going to address the whole rest of the episode. And this is it. And this is really what got me to start drinking this phrase right here. And I'm about to say it. uh, And I hope that 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 if you don't hear anything else from me ever again, I hope that you listen to this one thing. This is what the phrase says. It is okay to drink. As long as you don't get drunk. I'm going to say it one more time. The sin is not drinking. I can have a beer. I can have a glass of wine. I can do this. As long as I don't get drunk. Right? That is, that, that, that's the famous saying. And that is the saying that got me 
through all of that time, I was justifying my actions. I was justifying my actions because of that one phrase. The number one, like, that's not even... You know, I would understand if, like, the Bible said it word by word. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I could kind of understand that. <laughs> but, like, it, it, it really don't, though. Like, that, that's not... If you believe that, <laughs> I'm about... I hopefully... I, I'm not here to change people's opinions. I already said that. But I want to give you my point of view through my experience through my through through the my struggles I want to give you a, a perspective on that phrase okay I want to give you a perspective that hopefully will, will will make you rethink that 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 ideology that that drinking is okay as long as you don't get drunk number one let's just assume that that's correct let's just assume for a minute that Drinking is okay, and that as soon as you get drunk, then that becomes the same. How do you measure drunkenness? You know, like how? Uh, do you want to go with 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 the legal limit, which is uh, 0.08 in Tennessee? Do you want to go with that? How do you measure that though? You know, how how do you know what your alcohol uh, content is, your percentage? Like like how how do you? You can't unless you have a breathalyzer on you, and and if you do, first of all, how? Second of all, that's weird. Um, but but how do you, how do you measure when you're drunk? Is it something you feel? Because let me tell you something. There were many times that I was like, dude, I'm good, but I totally wasn't. Uh, you know what I mean? You know how do you? And what, what what's that? Where's that sweet spot? Like, you know, like I'm buzz. You know, uh, uh, one beer, two. You know, one little, one little sip. Like, how do you measure that? You know, because here's the thing: is like, th there was many nights. There was many nights where I drank a lot, and I mean, a lot, and I didn't feel a thing. I was completely aware of what was happening. I was good, and so my my thought was, well, I gotta drink more, you know. I mean, I, I'm not even going to tell you guys exactly how much I drank, but I, I mean, I was, I was just drinking and I didn't feel anything. And then next thing you know, it all just hit me and I don't remember what happened the rest of the night. I just remember that I was talking to a friend. The next thing I know, I'm waking up in my bed the next day. So how do we measure that? Like, what, what, what is the line? What I'm not here to tell you that, that, that there isn't a way to measure that, <laughs> you know? There isn't. You can, you know, when people come to me now and they're like, well, I don't get drunk, so I'm good. I'm like, no, 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 you're really not. Let me tell you why. Because the very first time that I drank, I only had two beers. Just two. That was it. And, you know, that was enough. For me to be bouncing off the walls, you know, somebody, somebody one time gave me an advice, and they, and they were, they were trying to be helpful, and, and, and you know, honestly, that is kind of a good, you know, that was good advice, but, but I wouldn't even, I'm not giving it to you, I'm just kind of like showing you, the, the, the different sides, the different point of views when it comes to drinking, as a Christian, and, and it says like, if I drink more than one beer, I don't drive home. You know, that that sounds great, 
that sounds like a good measurement, but I have literally seen people be drunk of one beer. The thing is, is that you cannot measure drunkenness. And and I believe, because I'm the one that used to say that phrase all the time. I was like, it's not. As long as I don't get drunk, I'm good. But here's the thing. It's like that phrase is not justifying the action. All you're doing when you say that phrase is literally quieting down your guilt and your conviction to the point where eventually you're not going to feel like conviction and guilt anymore. Because you've used that, for, because you stretched this so much, you know, like something that, you know, maybe it's a good principle, you know, and, and it's not, but, but whatever, Let, let's just assume that it is. Uh, you've stretched this so much to the point where, where you don't even see the line anymore. You know, oh, I've only been drunk like once a month, right? Same thing, dude. Same. I don't know. I don't. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> that I, literally, that is what I used to tell myself. It's like same thing, dude. You know, same thing. So, if drinking is so bad, then why are there so many examples in the Bible of of alcohol? You know, the first one that comes to my mind. I want to talk about it. The first one that comes to my mind is First Timothy five twenty three. It basically says, don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little bit of wine for the sake of your stomach because you're sick often. Okay. So for those of you who do not know, I actually love, love history. Okay. Uh, for a while, I was thinking about like majoring in history because I wanted to teach history at one point in my life. But uh, shout out to Mr. Main for telling me this awesome fact that I'll never forget. So. I used to ask the question, uh, you know, what, what did people used to drink back then? And so basically he said that people did not drink water because they, they, there wasn't purification back then. Okay, like there wasn't like filters, there wasn't anything like that. So quite literally the water was dirty, you know. I forget why I asked that question, you know, maybe for today. But uh, uh, that, that's, that's true. So basically what happens is like a lot of the times the water would be really contaminated. Um, and that is the reason why uh, fermentation in wine was such a big deal, because um, that was the only way that you would stay hydrated. A little other fun fact, the reason why uh, pirates would drink so much rum was the same thing, because you'd be out at sea for so long that you had to find a way to A, keep the water clean, and B, to stay hydrated. Obviously, you can't keep the water clean when you're at sea for so long, so the next best thing was uh, rum. Literally, that is that is a reason. So we, if you've ever drank contaminated water, your stomach will quite literally be sick. And now, I'm not, I'm not really saying like back then there was water, but it wasn't the cleanest, which is the reason why Timothy was um, so sick all the time was because like it wasn't like all that bad but it wasn't great either like they didn't have the steel they didn't have like you know this fancy uh i don't even know whether what those filters are called uh, you know what i'm talking about like the little jar uh whatever <laughs> you know that's not important uh but they didn't have that back then so uh that is why paul tells timothy it's like hey you should drink a little bit of wine literally and i believe that the reason why he said that it was like it, because 
think about it. Timothy was probably that guy, and, and I mean, let's remember who he was. He was he was a young guy who was the pastor, basically. Uh, <laughs> he was in charge of the of the church of Ephesus while uh, Paul wasn't there, basically, right? And and I can just imagine Timothy was like he 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 was so on fire for the Lord. He didn't want to do anything. Like he would rather be sick from his stomach. Okay, this is the way I'm looking at it. You know. He would. He probably would have rather because I, I'm putting myself in those shoes right now. He probably would have rather like be sick a little bit from his stomach than to have to drink wine. And I think that that's why Paul has to tell him. It's like, hey, you know what? You get sick often. You know, it just drink a little bit of wine for you for your stomach. And and that is the key right there. He's not saying, hey, drink a little bit of wine. That way you can unwind for a little bit. Ha ha. Play on words. Uh, drink a little wine so you so you can relax after a long day at the office. No, no, no. He's quite literally saying it's like you get sick often. Go ahead and uh, drink a little bit of wine. That way you you don't get as sick as often. Um, I definitely see the attitude of of Paul when he's basically saying like, "Hey, it's okay for you to drink a little bit. I know you want to do the right thing. I know you don't want to get drunk, and I know that you probably don't want to see." Uh, or or mislead Christians into thinking that, that that drinking is okay, and I get that, and I admire that, and I know that that you're probably struggling, and you want to continue to struggle, um, because you, you would rather be in pain than for you to cause another Christian to stumble, and that's awesome. But between you and me, and remember that that this this were letters addressed to to Timothy himself, um. You know, obviously, God uses those letters for us now because he, he's so, you know, because he's God. Number one, he can do whatever he wants. But uh, um, in those writings, we can learn so much. And and so basically, Paul is saying, like, it's OK, just but it's health benefits. We're not talking about stress. We're talking about health benefits, which is which, once again, goes back to the water thing. That's probably one of the like the ones the, that that is the one scripture that kind of first first comes to my mind when it comes to, to drinking when, when people reference it uh, they're like well if I have a little bit you know a little bit of wine don't hurt a little glass of wine just like I said because um, there are doctors who have prescribed just a little bit of wine to certain patients to treat not even treat but to help with certain uh, medical issues um, but the 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 other the other one, and probably the, the one that I hear the most and the one that I want to focus a little bit more time about is John chapter 2 when Jesus turned the water into wine. And uh, I've actually had this episode recorded like twice already, but after Sunday I had to come back and, and re-record um, this episode because I, I was actually talking about uh, John chapter 2 and Sunday... God decided to show up, and we were actually talking about this in church. So, Pastor Baker, thank you for for helping me out. And and just by the way, like I'm not gonna go into depth with, with this because um it's a lot. Like like it, it really is a lot. Like this scripture, it, it it really is a lot. So I'm not gonna go into too much depth. But Pastor Baker, if you're listening, and you want to come on the podcast, you want to talk about this more in depth. You know, here's your invitation. You got my number. Text me. I would love to have you 
in a podcast uh, talking about this particular uh, topic because you, you it literally blew my mind and because I was like I was so excited because I was like oh my gosh like I literally talked about this on my podcast and I'm about to release it but I can't do it now because you know I know so much about this topic now obviously let me tell you what like the first thing that I recorded the first thing that I recorded was basically talking about how um, it was I was going to go more the cultural route and it is it, it was it was the cultural route back then um but like we got to understand that like Jesus is in, didn't turn water into wine because it was because he was trying to show off his bartender skills that's that's not what happened um you know, and also just because Jesus turned it into wine does not mean that he was like saying yeah go ahead and get drunk or I'm going to go ahead and get drunk um this this is what really happened, okay? So, in the Old Testament, you have the greatest prophet, which is Moses, okay? He's he's quite literally the greatest prophet of the whole Old Testament. Now, you guys know I love Elijah. He is he's the man. I mean, anybody anybody who can you know bring fire from the sky and just he he's just great. Okay, I love him. He's my favorite prophet. Love reading about him. Every time I read about him, he's like so great. Thanks, Pastor T. So, um, but Moses really quite literally is the greatest prophet um, in the Old Testament. And so one of the coolest things uh, that Moses did was the first sign uh, that he gave Pharaoh, if I can speak today, the first sign that he gave Pharaoh was uh, that he actually turned the water into blood. We all know the story, Exodus, great story, right? Uh, which is very, very interesting, and I never made that connection, which is why Pastor Baker, seriously, come on the show. You got my number, um, which is one of the reasons why uh, I'm so thankful for Sunday and why I, I decided to to redo this, this whole episode is because, you know, the first miracle that Jesus did was turning water into wine. And that, that miracle right there is so deep, but it, it is a, a, a direct correlation and direct reference to Moses. You know, if we, if we read, uh, forgive me because I, I can't ever pronounce this, Deuteron- De- Deuteron- Deuteronomy, there it is, Deuteronomy 1815. Uh, this, this is what it says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you brothers it is him you shall listen all right so moses is saying like there's there's going like god is going to raise up a prophet that's like me but better you know because we so now we know we know that that jesus that that's who he's talking about that's what moses is talking about he's talking about jesus we obviously know that jesus was great is greater than moses right and when we when we're looking at at John chapter two, okay, which is the story of uh, of the wedding and when Jesus turned water into wine. I believe when we look at that chapter, we are looking at Jesus doing a great miracle to show his disciples that he is the prophet that Moses is talking about. The, the greater prophet that God was going to raise up one day because uh, the, his disciples were very familiar with the Old Testament. 
every Israelite, <laughs> it like, um, I believe that in order for you to like be a rabbi, you have to memorize the first five books of the Bible, like have to have them memorized. And I know that in modern day, I don't think like, like nobody speaks Hebrew. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, I don't want to say that, but I like, I'm almost a hundred percent positive that like Hebrew is not a, a spoken language anymore. But it's only used between the the uh, the Jewish church, and they only teach basically the only Hebrew that 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 people teach you now is it's the, what what's in the Bible, like how how to read, you know, the Old Testament, which is their their Bible, which is our new Old Testament. So, um, but they were very, they knew, the obviously the, the story of Moses, uh, and so Jesus knew. So what happened was is that Jesus quite literally, with with that miracle, let his disciples know that, hey, that prophet that Moses was talking about, that's me. Because although, this, this is so powerful. Listen, like, oh gosh, Pastor Baker, please call me. Uh, yes, Moses turned a whole water a whole, you know, body of water into blood, right? Jesus only turned six vessels of water, making him the seventh, by the way. Here's a little bit of theology for you. You know, and we can look at that and be like, well, was he really greater? But but, but here's the thing. It's like when we look further along in a story and we read The Last Supper, and and we see that it, it, that quite literally Jesus is saying like, hey, this wine is going to be my blood. Like it is my blood, and without my blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Like <laughs> that started on John chapter two, <laughs> you know, like when he changed the water into wine, he's quite literally saying it's like, hey, this is going to represent my, my my blood, the the most precious blood. Because without the blood, we, we can't be forgiven of sins. Like, the, the blood is what washes us clean. You know, you have that awesome hymn, and I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing, but it basically says, you know, what can wash my sins away? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Literally, there's nothing that can wipe us all away except the blood of Jesus. So, in that particular story, Jesus turned water into just wine. But later, we come to know that Jesus uses the 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 wine as a reference for his blood, which is the blood that saves the whole world. So bam, there it is. So great. Thank you, Pastor Baker. You you literally blew my mind. Like my life has changed. And 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 it was so great. Because like it was like so perfect. It was like perfect timing too. You know, look at God. He's just so great. But does that mean, you know, so does that mean that that Jesus wanted everybody to drink no we we see that 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 it was a symbolism and we all know that that jesus spoke in symbolisms and parables that was his thing um you know maybe one day we'll talk about why jesus did that because i have a really really good theory of why that happened but once again jesus wasn't showing off his his bartender skills Jesus wasn't, you know, 
uh, wanting to get everybody drunk so that way he could have a good laugh at it. No, he he was quite literally making a reference to to his own blood. That one soon was going to to cleanse the sins of everybody. That's 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 what John chapter two is talking about. So if we use that reference um, to allow ourselves to drink, to condone our habits of drinking, to to make an excuse because we selfishly just want to drink. And I, I did say that correct. I did say selfishly we just want to drink because drink it's 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 just about you. You know, you're you're mistaking. <laughs> you're missing the mark. You you don't understand the depth of that that scripture. And honestly, up until last Sunday, I didn't either. So Oh man, so good. Such a good story, man. Um so I'm gonna finish up with this. And and we're we're at over forty minutes now and I wanna finish up with this because to me this is this this was the most powerful thing. Um not the most powerful thing, but well the one that impacted me the most and I think that the hardest thing to live with is this. Drinking itself isn't the worst thing of it. It's really not. I mean, I, I mean, if we're being for real, drinking itself, like the action of just drinking, it, 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 isn't, it isn't the worst thing about the whole situation. What is the worst is everything else that, that bleeds from it. Let me tell you, let, let, me, let me try to make it a little bit more personal, okay? When I look at how my life was when I was drinking, the hardest thing, this is the hardest thing, when I look back, is it's knowing all of the, and I'm going to say it, sorry. It was all the stupid things that I did. All the people that I hurt, all of the actions that I committed, all of the unrighteousness, all of the, the bad words that I said, all of the actions that I did, all of the the uh, um, the abuse that I made. I, you know, I abuse... You know, I didn't, I didn't beat anybody up. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like I abused people's trust, you know? I guess that's, that's, that's one way of saying it. I broke people's trust, you know? Uh, I hurt a lot of people. And, and in that process, you made it to where there's, there's people out there. Like what I'm saying is that there's people out there that because I was drinking and, and because of the actions that I did what I was drinking, I, they can't trust me anymore. And I know that, you know, I'm not ignorant to it. You know, there, there, there's people that I hurt emotionally because I was such a jerk to these people. Because, because like one, like I've, I've already stated this before, is that when you're drinking, you, you literally turn to a horrible person. Um, I, I turned into a horrible person. I did. I know that. I, I, I do. I can't, you know, I can't escape that now. Like, I, man. That is the hardest thing to live with. That that right there, that is the hardest thing to live with is, is the fact that like I abuse people's friendships, you know? I abuse their trust. I abuse their 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 love for me, you know. Uh there was people out there who, who truly loved me, but because I, I, I was I was so deep into the life that I couldn't I couldn't appreciate I couldn't fully appreciate what was happening you know i i was always you know i was so 
I, I use that as an excuse so much to fulfill my own selfish desires sometimes. And, and, and that, that's what I'm saying is that, is that drinking itself, like that's not the worst part of it. It's everything that comes and everything that bleeds from it because, you, you know, I don't, I don't, it don't matter how you dice it or slice it, how you cut it, how you send it. When you drink, there's more than just the drinking. There's always going to be more than than it. And I'm not saying that like as a gateway drug. That's that's not particularly what I'm talking about. Even though alcohol can be a gate gateway drug, but I'm saying like all of the actions that come along with it, all of the all of the friendships, all of the spirits that come along with it. Like that's that's very real, you know. I uh, remember that conversation I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, well, I was talking to this guy, and at the time, like I said, I was probably 17 or 18. And this guy was quite literally uh, very drunk. <laughs> and he had to be like 22. Uh, I remember that he was, I don't exactly remember how old he was, but I remember he was he was in his early 20s, and he he was very drunk. And, and we were having, like, we were having a really deep conversation. And he basically said, it's like, man, like, you, you see that girl over there? That's my girlfriend. And, and this is what he said. This is what struck me the most. And to this day, I can't ever forget that conversation. He said, you know, she saved me from the drugs. He saved me. She saved me from, from, from keep going down that path. Um, and what, what happened later is what 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 was so deep to me later on in life is because he said that when you when, when you were in drugs this is what he said he said when you're on drugs man you attract people you know you attract and he says like man i remember when i was going to these people's houses to go get high um all i remember is like as soon as i got there there was a ton of 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 women there there was a ton of there was more than just than just the drugs, you know. Uh, you, you had other other situations, but but he said he 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 just kind of emphasized the whole women part of it. And to be honest, when, when I was when I was when I was listening to him, and, and afterwards, years and years, I would constantly remember that that conversation. And I was thinking, I was like, man, like, what does he? What did he mean by that? Because like to me, this is real talk. To me, I didn't understand how people can find that like how did that attract women you know you know what i mean like how and, and it is the other way around he didn't obviously he 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 was talking about it because he was a male who was attracting female but he basically said like you attract the opposite sex whenever you're in that environment and i never understood why i, I really didn't up until i stopped drinking <laughs> i was saved you know and and i, was, I stopped drinking i really I, I promise god i will never drink that again i will never I would never do that, and and I cut ties with 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 my friends that that would continuously drink, and and I, I don't mean I cut ties like I I related the number. I just stopped hanging out with them. I stopped answering the phone when they would call. You know, um, I would send them a text here and there just to whatever. But like there was there was this one particular person, and and I don't want to say like I was super close with this person, but we would hang out. One of the things that we would do, we would drink together, obviously, right? So I messaged this person uh, after I was done with the whole drinking. And I w- after I was done with the whole, um, you know, I-, I was like really, truly living the life. And I really gave everything to Jesus, not just said that I was going to one day. Like, like it, was, it was for real since this time. So I messaged them 
And I said, hey, do you, do you want to hang out? You know, we're, we're about to go do this. You know, you're more than welcome to, to come hang out with us. And this is, the, this, is the, this is the response. They didn't say yes. They didn't ask what time. They didn't ask where. They didn't ask how I was doing. It's been a while. It's been a couple months. You know, I hope that everything's okay. How, how did that thing go? You know, they didn't say any of that. The first thing that they said was like, hey, do you still drink? <laughs> and I, I got kind of sad. And I was like, no, I, I don't. I don't do that anymore. And they left me on red. And, you know, I remember that conversation, like in, in my instantly, I remember that conversation. I was like, that's what he meant. People would only come to you because you're living a certain lifestyle. But the moment that you stop living that certain lifestyle, they don't want you anymore. They don't want to be part of you anymore. They don't want anything to do with you anymore because you no longer live up to their expectations. Here's the thing. Ever since I stopped drinking, I, I, I'm not invited to parties anymore. You know, I've not been invited to certain to certain events anymore. And I'm okay with that. I, I promise you that I am. I'm totally okay with that. You know, I'm actually, I prefer to not be invited because then I don't have to say no. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to finish up with this. I'm going to finish up with this. And I feel like I'm preaching for some reason, but... Uh, I'm going to finish up with this. There was this one night, and I had just recently um, truly given up everything, you know. Um, and, and I was asked to open up prayer, um, call of worship. And, you know, I, I, I did it for one night. One night was great. You know, it was awesome. It was, it was so good to finally be up. Uh, on a pulpit and, and opening my Bible and like sure like I love that like I really do like I've said it multiple times I love the podcast but there's nothing better than being up in a pulpit and preaching right obviously I didn't get to preach but but it, it, same difference you know uh, I share a little a little devotional and I remember when I got home one of my good friends from um, my whole lifestyle he he posted on on his social media a video of him um he had about five liquor bottles he had a ton of juice he had a ton of fruit and he was basically mixing it up in a big cooler you know well now it wasn't even a cooler it was like a container but you know like i remember that he was one of the people and listen let me let, let me stop for a second before I keep going. I don't want to say that, like, I don't hate any of these people. I don't resent any of these people. And I don't think anything less of any of them. As a matter of fact, I love them just as much. You know, like, God says love your enemies. <laughs> you know, God says love your neighbor. God says love everybody. That means the people who drink, the people who don't drink, the people who vote like you. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, like, I'm serious. Like, I, I do. I love them. I still, you know check up on some of them i do genuinely check up on them and so i'm not i'm not throwing trash and i'm not saying that 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 they're horrible people and i'm not saying that that that, that you know that's not what i'm saying at all i'm not trying to tra trash talk any of them but what i'm saying is is that they were doing that and a couple months before that i would have been right there with them i would have gotten that invite i man I probably would have been the one to bring them bottles. 
but I was up on a stage, on a pulpit, on a church, in front of a church, reading my word, sharing what the Lord had laid in my heart. And then later after that, we were dancing in the spirit. It was amazing. I'm okay with being uncommon. I'm okay with no being invited to these places because, you know, it's not it's not worth it. it I guarantee you that, that whatever it is that you're struggling with, if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's sex, if it's pornography, if it's if it's anything else, it's not worth it. I'm here to tell you it is not worth it. I, I I'm gonna be praying this whole week from now on that if there's somebody out here that needs to hear this message, that that you'll reach them. Feel free to message me if you need prayer, if you need advice, if you need somebody that to help you. Listen, I, I'm telling you, right before my life changed, I told God, I said, God, I want to stop. I just don't know how. I want to stop, God. I want to stop, but I don't know how. I don't know how to stop, God. My life was literally, listen, my life was literally one bad mistake after another, after another, after another. Like one bad choice after another, one bad decision after another. My life was quite literally spiraling out of control, and I didn't have a single handle on it. And I, I had told God, because I had planned on going out that weekend, and like I, I literally was a like my plan was to not remember what had happened at all. Like my literally plan was to be so drunk that I would forget every, like that was my plan. And I, I literally told God, I said, God, I know I have this plan this weekend, but I, I want to stop, but I don't know how. God had different plans for me. You know, I know it. I know that God had different plans for me. You know, I, here's the thing. Look, chapter 15. The, okay, the parable of the lost sheep. All right, we know it. Sing the song, Reckless Love of God, right? That, he means that, okay? Like Jesus literally says, it's like, look, you know, assume that you have a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost. Wouldn't you leave the 99 and go after the one? You know, that. That sounds like so, honestly, that's, I wouldn't even, like, to be completely honest with you, like, if I had $100 and I lost one, I'm not going to go back and look for it everywhere and lose time. I, I'm not. It's that, that's a human thing. But Jesus comes and shows us that, that that's not how he operates. You know, he's thankful for the majority. He's thankful for the 99. He, he loves the 99. But he also loves the one. And he's not going to stop. He, he's not. He's not going to stop until he, he finds the one. And let me tell you, as somebody who was the one, I can, I, I can tell you that he means it. When he says that he leaves the 99 for the one, he, he means it. He's being for real serious about that. He's not. He's not joking around. He's not trying to make himself look good. He's not trying to sell uh, his love. No, no, he means it. He will do whatever he takes to find the one because he is so concerned about that. We, we, we listen to that song, Reckless Love, okay? And a lot of the times we, we look at that song and we think that that uh, 
how can God be crazy, right? And that's not what we're saying. We're saying that he loves recklessly. Because what's more reckless than leaving 99 sheep just to go chase the one on the off chance? Here's the thing. I didn't have to accept Jesus. I could have very easily, like, I could have very easily keep on living the life that I was living. You know, I could have easily done that. When, when, when God literally showed up in the midst of, of all the darkness, I could have easily just said, you know what? I'm tired of you because of this, this, this. I could have easily very done that. But no, <laughs> you know, I, and Jesus knew that I could have rejected him. Jesus knew, but he still went after me. And guys, Jesus is still going after you. You, if you are, the, if you find yourself in this moment and you think that you are the one, and and you need help, and you're, you know, you you're spiraling out of control. Your life is going out of control. Listen to me. I make myself available for you. I will be with you. I will pray for you. I don't know who wants to listen to this. I don't know where this is coming from. But if, but if, if somebody out there needs prayer, if somebody out there wants to stop living that life, but you don't know how, I would be more than happy to help you. I have an amazing community of friends and family and church that would love to help you. I don't mean, look, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast in multiple countries. You know, we we, I, we, we will love to, wherever you are, because the word of God, the love of God knows no boundaries, knows no borders. We would love to help you. We would love to pray for you. And the only advice that I have now is, is, don't be afraid. There's nothing that you can do that will scare God away. If you think that that what you opening up to him or that he's gonna reject you, he's not. That's the number one advice I have for you. And I know that right now, uh, you know, I know that when you're in that situation, you know, maybe that's not what you think. Like I know for me, I thought that I wasn't doing the wrong thing. But if, if but if something inside of you is touching, if there's something inside, like if God is stirring up your heart right now, and this message, this this podcast, this episode is touching your heart, don't ignore it. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that God's gonna love you any less. Doesn't mean that God's not gonna stop trying. But but. Trust me, whenever you stop living a double life, whenever you stop living, serving two masters or trying to serve two masters, whenever you, you fully give yourself to God, you have the inner peace, your life literally becomes better. Everything in your life can be crumbling, but knowing that, that you are serving the one true king, the one true king, there is nothing better. There is nothing that will destroy you. You can have nothing. You can have plenty. You can have everything. But knowing that you no longer have to hide things from him, knowing that you no longer have to 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 disappoint him. And listen, like we can even talk more about that later. But but just knowing that you don't longer have to hide from him, and that you can come to him freely and loving. That is the advice I have for you guys. Look, I I needed to do an ad, but this 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 episode is, is, is long enough, and I really would hate to ruin the moment by something like that. But um, I'm gonna end with that, guys. Seriously, I mean it 100%. DM me, message me. If you know me personally, call me. You know, if you don't know me at all, let's be friends. You know, I. I'm being serious because the only goal that I have 
the only goal that I have is to help people that were in my situation overcome it without having to go through for what I went through. Because I don't wish that on anybody. What I went through on November 3rd, I don't wish that on anybody. I know when I look at it, I know that it was God loving me. I know that. I, I, and, and I know that it was his love. But, but it is, it, it, I, don't, I wish so bad. I, I wish so bad. This is probably one of the things that I wish the most that I would have accepted Jesus into my heart long before, before November 3rd. Now I live my life for him. And I, one time I heard somebody said this, and they said, I wish the devil would have killed me because now I'm going to make him pay. And part of the reason why this podcast got started is because I wanted to share the name of Jesus everywhere because the enemy had me right where he wanted, but God came in, saved my soul, now I want to make the devil pay for all of the years that he took away from me, all the sleep he took away from me, all of the stress that he cost me, everything that he took away from me. I want to make him pay. I love you guys. I'm sorry that this episode is so long, but it was definitely something that I wanted to share. Um, I mean it. I really do. I mean, if there's anybody out there who needs prayer, if there's anybody out there that needs help, if there's anybody out there, I may not be the most experienced and I may not be able to give you all the help that you need, but I will definitely be there for you. I'll be praying. I really will be. I will be praying for all of the people who are out there in bondage. God can do miracles. I've seen it happen and I see it happen all the time and I 100% believe it. Don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Keep praying. Keep drinking coffee. All right, I love you guys.